I've been looking forward to sharing from the Word of God and sharing what the Lord has laid upon my heart. I'd like to echo what, uh, what Clyde shared this morning when he got up, that just because somebody's standing up here on the platform like this doesn't mean that we have it all figured out, doesn't mean that we have it all together. Is, uh, in preparing this message, it was very convicting to myself and, uh, and I pray that it might be to you as well. So I've entitled my message for tonight, The Heart of a Good Steward. The Heart of a Good Steward. Now, stewardship is something that the Lord has really been impressing upon me and convicting me of over the past several years. As Christians, we're commanded to be good stewards or managers of what the Lord has entrusted to us. Now, the last time I spoke on God's provision, his faithful provision, how he provides our needs, so this time we'll take a look at how we take that provision and use it in a way that's glorifying and honoring to him. So before we go any further, let's look to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for this time together, Lord, to gather together, to, to sing, to worship you, Lord, to look into your word. Lord, I pray that as I speak tonight, Lord, it would not be my words, but your words. Lord, we know that your word does not return void. Lord, I pray that you would just speak through the truth, the wisdom of your word, Lord, to each one. Lord, as you have spoken to me, as I prepare this message, Lord, I pray that you would speak to those that hear. Lord, we just commit this time to you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Now, when you study what, the, what uh, God's Word has to say on stewardship, you quickly realize that it's all about the heart. It all comes back to the heart. Stewardship is primarily an issue of the heart. So our perspective on riches, how we use our, our money and our time and our resources, that reveals where our heart is. God doesn't need us or the resources that he's entrusted to us to accomplish his work, but he chooses to use us, but he ultimately wants our heart. So before we get into talking about actual stewardship, I want to talk about two points that I found to be really foundational in, in properly understanding stewardship. Number one is the deceitfulness of riches, and number two is who owns everything. So we'll start with uh, taking a look at the deceitfulness of riches. So in Proverbs 23, in verses 4 to 5, it says, Do not weary yourself to gain wealth. Cease from your consideration of it. When you set your eyes on it, it's gone. For wealth certainly makes itself wings, like an eagle that flies toward the heavens. So here we're told not to weary ourselves to go after wealth, not to strive after it. Why? Because it's fleeting. There's, there's no enduring value to it. It brings no true fulfillment. Like an eagle, it sprouts wings and flies away. If you look back to 2008 when, when the stock market crashed, there were so many people that had wearied themselves and strived and strained to gather wealth and accumulate wealth, and just like that, it's gone. 
Now, the world tells us that being rich and having lots of stuff and all the stuff that we want, that's going to make us happy. But we know that that is a straight-up lie. Now, if you'd like to turn to the book of Ecclesiastes, if you have your Bibles with you, uh, there's a couple passages that I'd like to take a look at there. Now, Solomon was one of the richest men that ever lived, so it's interesting to take a look at his perspective on riches and wealth and having everything. So the first passage I'd like to take a look at is Ecclesiastes chapter 2. Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verses 10 to 12. So starting at verse 10, All that my eyes desired, I did not refuse them. I did not withhold my heart from any pleasure, for my heart was pleased because of all my labor, and this was my reward for all my labor. Thus I considered all my activities which my hands had done, and the labor which I had exerted, and behold, all was vanity and striving after wind, and there was no profit under the sun. So Solomon had all the riches that you could ever want. He tried every pleasure that, that his heart desired, and after he had done all that, he said, all is vanity, all is striving after the wind, there's no profit to it. Now, the second passage I'd like to take a look at is Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verses 13 to 18. So, Ecclesiastes 5, starting at verse 13. There is a grievous evil which I have seen under the sun, riches being hoarded by their owner to his hurt. When those riches were lost through a bad investment, and he had fathered a son... Then there was nothing to support him. As he had come naked from his mother's womb, so will he return as he came. He will take nothing from the fruit of his labor that he can carry in his hand. This also is a grievous evil. Exactly as a man is born, thus he will die. So what is the advantage to him who toils for the wind? Throughout his life... He also eats in darkness with great vexation, sickness, and anger. Here is what I have seen to be good and fitting, to eat, to drink, and enjoy, one's, enjoy oneself in all one's labor in which he toils under the sun during the few years of his life which God has given him. For this is his reward. So again, we see that riches are fleeting, you can easily lose it through a bad investment. And there's lots of people that experience that. We also see that we can't take it with us. We leave this world with exactly what we come into it with, absolutely nothing. Now, we see that uh, all around us when we see somebody that passes away. Everything that they've accumulated over their life, everything that they've worked for, all their material possessions, they're all left behind. They can't take that with them. I was listening to a, a message by David Jeremiah a couple months ago, and he had an interesting perspective. He said that, that when somebody leaves this world and leaves all their stuff behind, that all goes back into circulation for somebody else to manage. It's all the same stuff being recycled over and over again. It's just going into the hands of somebody different for them to manage. There's really nothing new. Now, what is the, uh, the proper perspective then? Well, in verse 18, 
Here is what I have seen to be good and fitting, to eat, to drink, and enjoy oneself and all one's labor for which he toils under the sun during the few years of his life which God has given him, for this is his reward. So we're to be content with what the Lord has given us, to be diligent in our work and to enjoy the fruit of our labor. Now, the Lord may choose to give us wealth. There's nothing wrong with wealth, but that's not what our heart should be striving after, not what our heart should be chasing after. Our heart is to be after the Lord. He wants our heart. Now, in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 to 10, we see the same thing. So 1 Timothy chapter 6, starting at verse 6, but godliness actually is a means of great gain when accompanied by contentment. For we have brought nothing into the world, so we can take nothing out of it either. If we have food and covering, with these we shall be content. But those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a snare and many foolish and harmful desires which plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all sorts of evil, and some by longing for it have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. So money and, and riches, they're not evil in of, them, of themselves, but the love of them is. So that comes back to the heart issue. Where, where is our heart at? Now, sometimes it's more subtle than sort of the grand idea of, of riches and, and, and uh, big riches and fame and, and all of that. Sometimes it's just a small thing. If, if I just had this, I would be happy. Now, I know that I've been guilty of that myself. There's been times when it's like, oh, if, if, if I just had this, this tool that would do this, this, and this for me, then, then I'd be happy. But we know that that's not the case. I can see Hank smiling there. I think he, he uh, identifies with that. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't bring us true happiness. <clears throat> so it's what our heart is after, what we're striving after. So if, if, if it's a thing or it's riches, that's sinful. God wants our heart, and he wants our focus, because he and he alone is worthy. So now that we know that pursuing riches is empty and profitless, let's take a look at the second point, and that is, who owns everything? So in Psalm 24:1, it says, The earth is the Lord's and all it contains, the world and those who dwell in it. In Psalm 50, verses 10 to 12, it says, For every beast of the forest is mine, the cattle on a thousand hills, I know every bird of the mountains, and everything that moves in the field is mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world is mine and all it contains. In Haggai 2.8, it says, The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. So it's very clear that everything belongs to the Lord. I mean, why wouldn't it? He created it all. It all belongs to him. Now, I've found that understanding this truth is very freeing. When we realize that everything belongs to the Lord and that we are merely managers or stewards of it, 
it really brings a whole new perspective to the decisions that we make in our day-to-day -day lives and, and how we view what we have in, in our possession. Now, there's a difference between possession and ownership. Now, God entrusts things to us to possess, but we don't own them. It would be like if you loaned your car to me, well, I have possession of it, but that doesn't mean that I have ownership of it. You have the title that has your name on it that, that says you own it, but you can loan it to me and, and, uh, and I have possession. Now, for the time that you loan it to me, you expect me to be a good steward of it. If I bring it back with bald tires because I've been doing burnouts in the Walmart parking lot, well, you're not going to be very pleased with me. I wasn't a wise steward of what you entrusted to me, that resource that you loaned to me and entrusted to me. I didn't use it wisely. Now, if instead I brought it back uh, clean and with a full tank of gas and I used it for doing some meaningful travel, well, then that would be a good steward of that resource that you entrusted to me. So in the same way, the Lord entrusts things to us or in essence allows us to borrow them for a time. So we have to be good stewards of them and use them in a way that's honoring and glorifying to him. Whether it be our money, our time, our talents, or any other resource that he's entrusted us with. So now that we've looked at the deceitfulness of riches and the fact that God owns everything, what do we do with what he entrusts us with? How do we use that to be a good steward? So we'll take a look at Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 to 24. So starting at verse 19, do not, store up, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in or steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So then if your eye is clear, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light that is in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. And then that goes on to uh, verse 25 to 34, which is where we read from last time I spoke uh, about God's faithful provision and, and uh, feeding the birds of the air and clothing the grass of the field. So the two things go together. The Lord faithfully provides our needs, and then we have to be good stewards and managers of what he provides. So here in this passage, we're told not to store up for ourselves treasures or wealth here on earth. It's prone to loss and decay. Like we talked about, you can easily lose an investment. That's, that happens all the time. It just doesn't last. There's no enduring value to earthly treasures or wealth. So we are told to store up treasures in heaven where there is no loss or decay. 
And we do that by being good stewards of what's been entrusted to us and using those things for eternal purposes. So in verse 21, we see that this is an indication of the heart. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So what we invest ourselves in, what we pour ourselves into, that's going to be what we care about. So if, if we're pouring things into earthly investments and, and stuff and things around us, well, that's what we're going to care about. If we're pouring ourselves into the Lord's work and, and giving to the Lord's work, well, then we're going to care about that. We're going to care about the, the furtherance of the gospel and, and God's kingdom. Now, back in PEI, after Laura and I got married, we bought a house and uh, built a workshop. Now, Laura and I built that ourselves, so we put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into building that shop, and the same with renovating the house. We invested our time and our money, our energy into that. So when we had to move and come back to Halifax, it was very hard to leave that because we had invested ourselves into that. So it's the same as, as what we invest in, in in our lives, whether we're investing in the kingdom of God or investing in selfish pursuits. So in verse 24, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. So we see that it's impossible to have our heart set after the pursuit of wealth and also set after God. It doesn't work. It's one or the other. You can't have both. And we know that God wants our heart. So what does this look like practically? How do we, how do we be good stewards and store up for ourselves treasures in heaven? We'll take a look at 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 17 to 19. So starting at verse 17, Instruct those who are rich in this present world not to be conceited or to fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. Instruct them to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is life indeed. So I don't know what everybody's financial situation is here, but I would say that it's pretty safe to say that compared to the majority of the world, we would be considered wealthy. We have more than the bare necessities. We have extra things that, that aren't needed for, for, this, for sustaining our lives. So I would say that this verse applies to us. So again, we see to not set our heart on riches, but on God who richly supplies our needs. In verse 18, we see that we're to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share. So when we do this, we're storing up for ourselves treasures in heaven. Because we're not doing it out of selfish motives, we're doing it because our heart is set on the Lord. If the Lord has our heart and focus, and we're doing this in his strength, 
not our own. That, that's a key point there. We're, we're not doing this in our own strength. I mean, being a good steward and, and following all this, we can't do that in our own strength. The Lord gives us the strength to do that. The Holy Spirit guides us. So in practical day-to-day living, this could be giving to those in need and showing the love of Christ. It could be giving to the Lord's work and, and furthering the gospel and his kingdom. Using what's entrusted to us for eternity and not wasting it on selfish pursuits. Now, giving is a whole topic in itself, how the Lord blesses us when we give, blesses those that we give to, and he also receives the glory and, and the thanks. So we don't have time tonight to get into, into depth um, in, uh, in the topic of giving, but maybe we'll get into that another time. Now, money is not the only thing that we're required to be good stewards of. Also, our time or talents and abilities and other resources that the Lord's entrusted us with. Now, time is a big one, and time is something that I've been thinking a lot about lately. Laura and I have been talking a lot about lately, how we spend our time. It's it's an important thing to think about. How we spend our time also reveals where our heart is, the same as where we put our money, and if we're focused on eternity or not. I'd like to take a look at Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 to 17. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 to 17. Therefore be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. So then, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So we're to make the most of the time that God gives us. We're to be good stewards of it, manage it well. We're to understand what the Lord's will is for us and spend our time accomplishing that. Time is a precious commodity. Every one of us, no matter who we are, gets 24 hours in a day. Get no more, no less. Now, Bob might make a lot more money in the run of a day than Bill does, but Bob and Bill both get 24 hours. Now, money comes and goes. Sometimes you have more money, sometimes you have less money, sometimes you make more money, sometimes you make less. But time is a fixed commodity. You have a fixed amount of it. So time is so precious, and we need to make the most of it. Now, God has blessed each one of us with talents and abilities and spiritual gifts. We need to be good stewards of those as well. Use them in a way that, is, that blesses others and glorifies and honors the Lord. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, it says, As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So each one of us, if we're in Christ, we have a spiritual gift. We're to use that to serve one another and to bring glory to the, to the Lord. In the same way, if we have talents or abilities or knowledge that the Lord has blessed us with, whether it's in relation to our work or otherwise, we're to use those things to be a blessing to others and to bring glory to the Lord. And the same with our resources. Like we talked about, our money, 
or material goods that we have, connections that we have with others, or if we're in a place of influence or authority, all of those things that the Lord entrusts us with were to be good stewards and good managers of those things. At 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31 says, Whether then you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. So everything we do, every decision that we make, everything we spend our time and our money on, it should all glorify God. And someday we're going to give an account to the Lord of, of how we used what he entrusted us with and what had eternal value and what didn't. That's a very sobering thought, that we will be held accountable. Now, our sins are paid for, obviously, by, by the blood of Christ, but how we used what the Lord has entrusted us to, we, we will answer for that. So we want to be found good and faithful stewards. Now, God is not looking for big results from us. The results are up to him. He's looking for faithfulness. He's looking for our heart. We see that in the parable of the talents in Matthew 25 or in the widow's might in Mark 12. It's not about the amounts. It's about the faithfulness. It's about the heart. The Lord wants our heart. Now, as we read earlier in Matthew chapter 6, our heart cannot be devoted to the pursuit of wealth and to God. It's one or the other. Now, another way that we could say this is the pursuit of self versus God. It may not be just a monetary issue. It could be how we spend our time, like we talked about time. That's, that's a very important thing. And in some ways, time is more important than money. Like I said, we have a fixed amount of it. There's no getting more of it. It's, that's what we have. So, for example, with, with, um, with time and, and money... I would love to have a project vehicle in my shop, like an old car or truck to rebuild and, and restore, just for the fun of it. That would, that would really be enjoyable to me. Now, there'd be nothing inherently evil about doing that, but is that the best use of the time and the money that the Lord has entrusted to me? I would say no. And believe me, I've given it a lot of thought. <laughs> a lot of thought and consideration. It would inevitably take time away from being the husband and the father that God has called me to be. It would use money and resources that could otherwise be put into the Lord's work. Now, I'm not saying that we can't have hobbies. The Lord gives us certain activities like that to enjoy and, and to refresh ourselves and, and have some, some recreation. But we need to hold up everything to the light of eternity. Does it have eternal value? Is it the best use of, of the time and the money and the resources that the Lord has entrusted to us? Now, you realize that after me sharing this with you publicly, that there's no chance that I will ever be getting a project vehicle now. <laughs> because if I did, you know that one of you would come up to me and say, hey, Dan, remember that time you preached about stewardship? What's going on there? So that, that's out the window now. That's, that's the end of that. Now, maybe at some point, if the girls were a bit older and they had an interest in something like that, 
then maybe we could find a car to fix up and give to somebody that had need of one and, and that couldn't afford one. And maybe that would be a different story. It would be an opportunity to spend time with my kids and teach them some valuable skills, and it would be a blessing to somebody in, in the end. So it's not necessarily what the thing is, but it's, it's what your heart is after and how you're using that for God's glory and, and to be a blessing to others. So it, it all comes back to where our heart is. Is our heart set on the Lord, or is it set on ourselves? It's so easy to fall into kind of being complacent and in our day-to-day lives and having our heart set on selfish desires. I, I've caught myself so many times, I'm guilty of that, that I'm, I'm thinking, going along and thinking, oh, I'd like to get this and like to do that, whatever, and I'm thinking... Is that the best use of, of the time and the money that the Lord's entrusted to me? And I have felt very convicted about that very many times. Now, the Lord knows that when he has our heart, when our joy and our satisfaction is found in him, when we're investing in his kingdom, that's when we'll be truly blessed, both here in time and in eternity. That's when we'll have true joy and contentment that is only found in him. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the wisdom of your word. Lord, you have given us clear instruction. Lord, on on how you would have us live our lives. Lord, how you would have us be managers and stewards of the things that you entrust to us. Lord, we pray that you would... Give us wisdom, Lord, each day, how to spend our our time and our money and our resources wisely, Lord, because we realize that they are not ours. Lord, everything belongs to you. You have merely entrusted these things into our care, Lord, to use in a way that would be glorifying and honoring to you, Lord, to be a blessing to others. Lord, I pray that you would help us to, to make wise decisions each day, Lord, that would glorify you, and be pleasing and honoring to you. Lord, we thank you most of all for your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, for the the infinite riches that we have in him, for that imperishable inheritance, Lord, that never fades away. We thank you, Lord, that, that you have blessed us so greatly. Lord, we thank you for this time together tonight. Let's pray that you would have your hand upon each one, Lord, as we part ways. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I thought maybe in closing, if we could sing, take my...